Welcome to the No BS Retirement Network with your hosts, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton of Mercurio Wealth Advisors. Hey, what's up, No BS Retirement Nation? I just wanted to get back on here and give you some ideas this morning or this afternoon. Uh, uh, welcome back. Uh, this is Alan Mercurio with the No BS Retirement Network. Just wanted to give you some ideas today. One of the things that I was thinking about uh, recently that I thought might make a good topic for our podcast is uh, all of the talk about required minimum distributions as we get closer to the end of the year and uh, maybe a strategy that, that you could possibly use to possibly make your required minimum distributions tax-free. Well, sort of tax-free. So let's kind of talk about that. That's what the discussion is going to be about today is just really how do you do that? How do you, what do you do with these retire or required minimum distributions that Uncle Sam says you have to take out of your retirement accounts each year? So first of all, let's start, start with that. Let's talk about a, what is a required minimum distribution? What, what uh, requirements do you have as you start to pull money out of these retirement accounts? And uh, if you are uh, retired and moving closer to age 70 and a half, that's kind of the magical age that the IRS has uh, put on these required minimum distributions. So basically what the rule says is that uh, as you turn age 70 and a half, you have to take a minimum amount out of your uh, all your retirement accounts uh, in the year that you turn 70 and a half. Technically, the way the rule reads is that you have to take your required minimum distribution by April 1st of the year following the year that you turned 70 and a half. So hopefully you followed that. Now, why 70 and a half? I don't know. I've looked, uh, I've been in this business for over 30 years and I never could figure out why they picked 70 and a half. In fact, the uh, new Trump tax plan 2.0, one of the things that they're actually talking about is potentially moving that age up a little bit to maybe 73 or 74, maybe even 75 years old. But as of this recording, uh, it's actually 70 and a half. So that's the age that we have to look at. So as you approach that time frame, you remember, just think about the way I said that, you have to take a required minimum distribution by April 1st of the year following the year that you turn 70 and a half. So if you just turned 70 last year and you turned 70 and a half this year, for instance, uh, you still have until April 1st of next year to take that required minimum distribution, but you'd have to take two next year. Now, why do they allow you that? Well, I, in some cases in retirement planning, we find somebody working all the way up through their age 70, and maybe they've got a decent salary of you know hundred or $200,000 a year that they're drawing in as a in their final year as their final uh, working year uh, wages maybe they don't want to take an extra chunk of money out of their IRA accounts in that 70th year so they allow them to stretch it over to the next year so there's a little strategy there but but you do have to take a required minimum of all of your retirement accounts so let's think about which ones those are those are going to be your IRAs re, uh, individual retirement accounts your SEP IRAs, your simple IRAs, your 401ks, your 403bs, any of those accounts that have allowed you to defer the tax until some point in the future. So what the way to calculate that or how do you start to think about how do I calculate that? Well, first you find out um, 
you find your age on the uniform lifetime table and uh, you can go to the IRS gov publication uh, page that'll actually show you that just type in uniform or IRS uniform lifetime table and that'll pull that up and it tells you what your age is or at, or what your divisor is at, at whatever age you are so it's 70 and a half it's 27.4 so you add up all of those accounts get the total value as of December 31st of the year prior to your turning age 70 and a half and then you take that factor off the table and you divide that into the number, uh, your total retirement account. And that'll tell you how much that you have to take out of your account. It might be somewhere between, you know, a few thousand dollars to maybe several thousands of dollars, depending on how many, how much money you've accumulated over the years. Could be a pretty healthy number that you have to take out of these accounts. And, you know, one of the things that you may think, well, now's the time I get to take this money out. But what we're continually finding with our clients is that this is one of the biggest questions that they face. They may not want the money out of their accounts now. You know, typically by the time one of our clients get to age 70 and a half, then they've already adjusted to their social security, maybe their pension accounts. And by the time they've reached age 70 and a half, maybe they've already got used to their social security account, uh, income and their pension accounts and all that, all of that money is, is providing enough to satisfy a pretty decent lifestyle for them. And they really don't need any more money out of their retirement accounts. But, you know, Uncle Sam says that regardless of whether you need it or not, you have to take it out. He doesn't say you have to spend it, but you do have to take it out and you do have to pay taxes on that required minimum. You can take out more than the required minimum, but most people, at least the folks that we've serviced and worked with, typically just take out that required minimum. So here was a strategy that we came up with. Well, what if you could take that required minimum that you need to take out and turn it into a tax-free bucket for somebody else? Now, keep in mind, I'm not saying that you can take this money out tax-free because you can't. It's going to come out. You're going to have to claim it as income and you are going to have to pay your share of the taxes on it. And I want you to picture something in your mind here. Imagine four buckets sitting in front of you. One bucket on the far left-hand side is a taxable bucket. So this is money that you have in your, this is the way money is taxed. So this is your taxable bucket. The one next to that is the tax-deferred bucket. The third one over is the tax-free bucket. And then all the way to the right-hand side is the income and estate tax-free bucket. So typically, these, these accounts, these retirement accounts, fall in bucket number two there that says tax deferred. So this is money that you've put into these accounts all these years. You've never had to pay taxes on any of it, not even the growth or any of it. And now, at age 70 and a half, Uncle Sam says, okay, start taking a little bit out so you can start paying us the tax on it. Normally, what happens is that the people take the money out of their retirement accounts and they turn around and move the money to the left back over into that taxable bucket, bucket number one there, and then maybe reinvested or, or if they reinvested, they're probably still earning some interest on it. And then they start paying taxes on that money. Again. And that's the whole purpose of this anyway, is to get the money out of those tax deferred accounts and back into the system to where you're paying tax on it again. My goal has always been to teach our clients to move the buck or move one bucket to the right, which would be tax free or preferably two buckets to the right where it's going to be income and estate tax-free. So how could you possibly do that? 
Well, I'm going to tell you a story about Sally. Sally is a client of ours, and um, you know she came in a couple years ago. Um, her husband actually passed away in 2016. She worked for a large bank here in the local area and had a good retirement plan from them. She had a pension. You know, she had a decent Social Security. Uh, her uh, deceased husband had a pension. So she had they had income coming in, and they really didn't need any more income. Well, Sally was a good saver. Sally actually put a lot of money away into these retirement accounts over her years at the bank, and she had well over a million dollars in her retirement accounts. So when we calculated her required minimum distribution, it was going to be around $58,000 a year, and that was actually two years prior to her even turning age 70 and a half. So it probably would have been a little bit more than that, or is going to be more than that. So the goal was, in her mind, was she wanted to get as much of this money as possible to her two kids. She had a son and a daughter, had a couple of grandkids, and she wanted to get as much of this money as possible in a tax-free manner or tax-efficient manner to her kids. So that was the that was the challenge for us to try to figure out how do we do that. So when I sat down with her, I said, okay, this is the goal, or we know what the goal is. This is the process. So Sally's required minimum distribution was going to be $56,000 a year. She didn't need the money, didn't want the money, but what she also didn't want to do is have to pay the tax on the money. So once we figured out how much that was going to increase her tax bracket, we settled on an amount of about $48,000 a year. And what Sally did is she set up what's called an ILIT. That's I-L-I-T. That's a Irrevocable Life Insurance Trust. Uh, she used one of our attorneys to set up this ILIT. And the ILIT's purpose is to hold the ownership of a life insurance policy on somebody. So we were able to set up this outlet, uh, had it hold a life insurance policy on Sally, and we applied for $2.3 million of life insurance coverage with the plan of putting $48,000 a year into this bucket. Now, keep in mind what we've done. We've taken money out of the bucket number two, the tax-deferred bucket, and we're moving it two buckets to the right to the income and estate tax-free bucket. And it's, it's income tax-free because we're using the life insurance, and it's estate tax-free because we're using this outlet, this, this trust that it's going into. So here's the, here's the way it worked out. Sally agreed to take her required minimum distribution of $56,000 a year, extract the taxes on it that would leave her about $48,000 a year to donate into this trust. That trust would buy and own a life insurance policy on Sally, for $2.3 million of life insurance benefit so that at her passing, that life insurance would be paid outside of her estate to her two kids, which would be completely tax-free. In addition to that, she's and the kids are going to get any additional money that's still left into in the retirement accounts, uh, which my guess would be, you know, still be a, a decent amount of money that's going to be left in those accounts as well. Now, of course, they were they're going to have to pay taxes on any of the money that's in the IRAs or the retirement accounts, but the life insurance benefit is completely tax free for for them. So this was this solved Sally's goal or or problem for her. She wanted to take this money that Uncle Sam was requiring her to take out anyway and move it into to a vehicle that was going to create a tax-free benefit for her kids. And that's exactly what it did. Now, 
one of the things that when I was talking about this in a workshop recently was a gentleman said, well, that's a, that's a healthy amount of money. That's $48,000 a year. And keep in mind, folks, you can do this with a lot smaller numbers. This is just happens to be the example that I was talking about with Sally, but there are other examples that we've done this with a much smaller amounts that you could do. But, you know, he said $48,000 a year into this islet. That sounds like a pretty huge commitment. And how's that going to even pay off to her? So we just ran the numbers. Basically, Sally was committing to $48,000 a year going into this trust. Sally's 68 years old when we started this. This has been a year or so ago. And so she's just going through her first year, full year in it. If she lives for 20 years, she'll have $960,000 invested in that trust, and she'll be 88 years old. If she was to pass at age 88, her kids would get $2.3 million of tax-free benefit. She's invested $960,000 in that, that portfolio or in that life trust which is a 41.7% guaranteed rate of return. So in my mind, she can't have a better investment with no risk. So she can't have a better investment without risk. And that's what her goal was. She didn't want to take more risk in the stock market. She wanted to completely uh, unencumber the kids' accounts uh, with taxes. And she wanted to provide them a, a way to receive this money where they wouldn't have to be burdened with all of the taxes and the concerns about that. So that's what we did. I mean, it was it's basically a way to take your required minimum distributions and turn them into some kind of a tax-free bucket. Now, again, this was an, ex, uh, an example w with some pretty big numbers in it. Your numbers may be smaller if you want to do something like this. It could be something that you wanted to try to figure out a, a way to just create a tax-free account. It doesn't have to be a tax-free and a state tax-free. So maybe you do it without the trust. But my... Uh, Suggestion would be is if you're if if this is something that you're thinking about or if you're now think well wow I hadn't heard of that idea before I mean get with your financial advisor if you don't have a financial advisor feel free to contact us we'd be happy to kind of walk you through some numbers and see if it would make sense to you there's all other kinds of benefits that you can use with this if you use a life insurance policy that has long term care benefits to it then you can you can withhold or uh, hold on to the long-term care benefits for yourself. So if you go into a nursing home, if you need long-term care, it can provide that care for you as well. So there's all kinds of little twists and turns that you can uh, apply to this. But it's a great way to take that required money that you have to take out and have to pay the taxes on and turn it into a, a tax-free account for your kids. The worst money that you can leave to your kids and grandkids is your IRA or your retirement money because they're going to pay the highest amount of tax on that money. So why not take that money and create a tax-free or a reduced tax account for them so they don't have to be burdened with that, that tax time bomb? And and that's those are our suggestions or how we would actually handle that. Uh, so hopefully you found this uh, podcast to be somewhat uh, useful to you. If you did, I want you to hit the, the like button or the thumbs up button. Uh, if you The button on there for us, it helps us out a lot to get our message out. If you think the information was good, please share it with your friends. Uh, pass on the, the No BS Retirement podcast to, to anybody that you think can, it can benefit. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes that we have. We're going to come out with more information, try to be more consistent on the content so that you're getting this information and hopefully using it for your retirement plan. 
Uh, that's it for today. So hopefully this has been helpful. Thanks for listening to the No BS Retirement Network. If you'd like to get in touch with us at Mercurio Wealth Advisors, give us a call at 502-253-9366 or find us online at louisvillesretirementcoach.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. You can also tune in to our radio show every Sunday morning at 10 on News Radio 840 WHAS. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions on how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Donald Allen Mercurio and Troy Bolton are investment advisor representatives of Mercurio Wealth Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Mercurio Wealth Advisors is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance licensed in Kentucky.